you are Locked On A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's time for Locked On A's. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. How's it going, A's fans? And welcome to episode 349 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke. And on today's episode, I am... I split some audio from the actual conversation that I had with Dan Wilson, who was a guest on last week's show, talking about the A's and the Phillies bullpens, the similarities and some of that stuff. But there was some evergreen content that I thought that was uh, was good, because as you're listening to this, I am in Disneyland. So I wanted to give you guys some evergreen content so that you could still enjoy some A's sort of content while I was on vacation. So uh, I am riding the Matterhorn and the teacups and, you know, all the good stuff right now. But I wanted you guys to have some baseball content. So uh, I'm going to throw it to that here in a second. But if you are missing my voice and you want to hear some other, you know, baseball takes, all you got to do is join Walking Baseball Encyclopedia Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call him Sully. And he does shows every single day on Locked On MLB for a unique look at the majors, both present and past. And it's featuring exciting guest interviews and routine check-ins from Locked On MLB's network of local experts like myself. You can subscribe to the Locked On MLB podcast today on the Odyssey app or wherever you guys get podcasts. And you can also follow this podcast wherever you like to hear podcasts, wherever you're listening right now. Or if you haven't checked us out on YouTube yet, we're there as well. There is a a link to our YouTube page and our social channels in the show notes. Go check that out. Uh, if you don't want to just click the link, you can also follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter and in the Spotify Green Room app. I'll be going live on Spotify Green Room probably on Sunday. Uh, and if you guys have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. But uh, that's that's it for me on this show. I'll be reading some ads and uh, doing my usual duties, but it's going to be Dan and myself from last week talking about uh, the, the Phillies and where they are in the NL East race and also what it is like going through a rebuild and whether or not one title would be worth it at this point. We have a difference of opinions on that one because... One of us wants more uh, structure, and one of us is just give me the title. Uh, take your pick on who you think is going to be who. So that's what we got coming up for you guys today. So hopefully you guys enjoy that. And that's coming up in just a minute for you guys. But does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live. Another lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone. And you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all of that entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to go buy another device ever again. And the best part is that there is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. 
And with that, here is my talk with Dan Wilson of Locked On Phillies talking about the Phillies' struggle to make the playoffs right now and whether or not they have a chance. Thank you so much. All right, so I, I do have one more question about the Phillies before we start talking specifically about the bullpen, and that is that the Phillies are a game and a half back of Atlanta right now. Do they have a legitimate shot at the division? Because the, the media narrative that I hear on the West Coast is, yeah, it's it's the Braves, but the Mets and the Phillies are still kind of right there, and they both had decent weeks last week. Do they actually have a chance, or is it the Braves' division? Yeah, do they have a chance? Of course. They're, they're a game and a half out. There's, what, all close to four weeks left to play. I think it's about 24, yeah. 25 games, something like that. We're sitting here on September 7th. Season wraps up on October 3rd. They absolutely have a chance, just statistically. It's not hard to make up a game and a half if you exclude everything that's happened previously in the season now if you're asking my confidence level in them making the playoffs i'm still i I think i'm about a three on a scale of one to ten i've seen a lot of this team i think ultimately they will fall short i think the offense is just far too inconsistent they're they don't really have an answer for the back end of the rotation right now they just went through a bullpen game in that spot zach wheeler they're now trying to limit under 100 pitches because He's now every inning he pitches at this point is now further than he's ever gone in a single season. Aaron Nola has been disappointing and all of that has contributed to why they are here right now. But I was saying this the other day on Locked on Phillies, which is that if you had told me at the beginning of the season, records aside, you don't know how you're going to arrive at this point. But the Phillies are at that point, it was two or three games out. I think it was two games out at the beginning of September. Now a game and a half out on September 7th behind the Atlanta Braves. I would have signed up for that. Like, I thought the Braves were going to have more of a stranglehold on this division for more of the year than they have. And that's not so much that the Phillies have really exceeded expectations themselves, but more so that the teams around them, in particular the Braves and so the Mets, who are now making a resurgence but were in first place for much of the season, have not been the teams we thought they would be. So they absolutely have a legitimate chance. They have three games remaining with Atlanta at the end of September, followed by three games in Miami. That's how they close out the season. I expect those games to matter. I don't put a whole lot of stock in the whole strength of schedule thing or because the Phillies have the easiest schedule. We've heard a lot about how the Phillies have the easiest schedule remaining in baseball. Like They, they have a series right now in Milwaukee. They won yesterday 12 nothing. looked really, really good. Need to get one of these next two to win that series. But then they have home series against the Rockies, the Cubs. They go at the Mets, big series in the National League East. Can maybe look to put them away. Home against Orioles, Pittsburgh, and then away Braves and Marlins. So most of those series are against bottom feeder teams or teams that you're competing directly against. I fully expect those games at the end of the season to matter, despite the fact that the Phillies have shown a consistent ability to oftentimes play down to their competition. But I expect those games to matter. I expect them to have a chance. I expect them to be in it kind of here until the very end. I think they ultimately, if you're asking for a prediction, fall a game or two short. But I don't think it's a foregone conclusion by any stretch of the imagination that the Braves have just won this division. How, you can, how can you say that when it's a game and a half? I mean, we could be sitting here conceivably 48 hours from now and the lead in the division changes and we still have four weeks to go. No way is this thing done it always is remarkable to me like at the all-star break i think the yankees were like four games back in the wild card or something like that and they're like i mean if they make it it's a miracle i'm like there's half of a season left it's four games that is 
absolutely nothing. And you hear it every season with all different teams. And I don't understand how you can write a team off that's within strike. Like if it's nine or 10, okay, maybe. But within six games at the All-Star break, I think that you still got a chance if you get hot. Maybe it's because I'm, I'm an A's fan and the A's tend to go on second half surges. Not so much this year, but uh, it, it's just one of those things. Where like, it's wild to me how that story gets written. But let's talk. Well, I was, I was going to say, even oh, yeah. with the Phillies in the wild card, like so the, right now the Padres have that second spot. The first spot's locked up. Whoever doesn't win the NL West is going to get that between the Giants and the Dodgers. The Padres currently hold that wild card spot. Then it's the Reds holding it by a game or out by a game behind the Padres. And then the Phillies are two games behind the Padres, a game behind the Reds. Now you're trying to jump another team there and you don't have any direct games against those teams left as you do in the National League East. So I still think the National League East is the more conceivable and more direct path. But if they're within a game or so of the Braves, by the time they get to that series in Atlanta, just take there's absolutely no reason. I mean, you're basically playing playoff games at that point. So yeah. we'll see how they fare down the stretch of the season. Hopefully they just stay in it. Again, it's been a really long time since we've had postseason baseball here in Philadelphia. I'm certainly hoping they find a way to win the division, actually get into a five-game series. Uh, the only other scenario, which not exactly the best scenario, but it would be fun from a content and storyline perspective, would be the possibility that does exist that if the Giants slipped into the wild card and the Phillies got the second wild card, then they're going up against their old friend and Gabe Kapler. But that would just be mayhem, just one nine-inning game for the <laughs> season against those guys. So certainly hoping they can find a way to catch the Braves here. And I think they can, just not necessarily saying that they will. Is there a team between the Bra or the, uh, the Giants, Dodgers, and Brewers that you would prefer to face in the first round of the National League playoffs? I mean, I think it's got to be the Brewers. A, they just, I mean, they're the worst team record-wise of those three. Not by much, but also, I mean, the Phillies are in a series with the Brewers right now. I'm not one of these guys who looks at regular season record and says, well, that's why they're going to win the playoff series. But the Phillies are 5-0 and against the Brewers this season. They swept okay. them four games back in May, and then they just killed them yesterday with yeah. Brandon Woodruff pitching. So, I don't know how, again, going up against, Gabe Kapler would be kind of fun and funny, but I think the Brewers are the team. I, getting into a playoff series with that pitching rotation, not fun, not great. That's something uh, that, you necessarily want to sign up for. That No, well, I don't want to sign up to play any of those teams because the Phillies just have played against. They've had a good one, too, if they're on. No, I know. Well, yeah, well, that, that's a whole separate story. But the uh, <laughs> when you get into a five-game series, especially, like, Going to Dodger Stadium seems like it's really, really dangerous to, dangerous to play the defending champs. The Giants, I guess, would be the other one you could maybe argue. Again, you're going up against Kapler, a emotion, highly emotional series, and you think maybe that your offense is more likely to catch a spark on the road in a game in a series like that than going up against the Brewers, just stellar rotation and bullpen. But if I'm looking at regular season success, I would say the Brewers. But from a fun perspective i would certainly say the giants but i know we've seen weird things happen in the playoffs like yeah. it's a five game series the phillies had the greatest rotation ever assembled many people thought in 2011 and lost in five games like it, it doesn't really take much to try and escape that series put it this way i'd rather face a team like that in a five game series than say in a seven when 
the law of averages tends to Hey, it's me again, and I just wanted more. to tell you real quick about my favorite protein bar, and that is Built Bar, my friends. They have so many delicious flavors, and there is something for everyone. If you don't know what flavor you're in the mood for, or you've never heard of Built Bar before, let me run down some of the flavors that they have, and I'll go through some of my favorites. Coconut, favorite. Cherry Barcia, favorite. Raspberry, favorite. Mint Brownie, favorite. Double chocolate, favorite. You get the idea. There is something, there are flavors for everybody here, and they're all absolutely delicious. My my number one favorite has to be Cherry Barcia of their core flavors, but if you look at their website and you don't know which one to go get, you can get a mixed box where you get two of each of the core nine flavors that they offer. And what you're getting with each of these built Bars is 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only four or five grams of sugar, only four or five grams of net carbs. They're all amazing flavors. They're all tasty. They're all healthy. And so all you got to do to get your hands on some of these delicious treats is go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off of your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. And now Dan and I are going to talk the happy subject of rebuilding and whether or not it's actually worth it. Here we go. Moving from the bullpen to what where the Phillies kind of are right now and where the A's might be heading, there's a decent chance that the A's are going to start a teardown this offseason, moving Chapman, moving Olsen, maybe Loriano if somebody wants to still ante up for somebody who's going to be suspended for the first month of the season. Uh, Chris Bassett, if somebody wants to take a chance on him after he got hit in the head, maybe he has to show something down the stretch here for the A's before they can move him, or maybe he's more of a deadline candidate. Frankie Montas has been pitching really, really well outside of like three blow-up starts. Uh, Sean Manaya has got another year of control. They've got some pieces that they can actually trade away and really kickstart a, a rebuild. Um, I guess my question is, what were the best and worst teardown trades that the Phillies made? Uh, what pitfalls should the A's be looking to avoid? Yeah, well, so the Phillies rebuild is an interesting one because it often seems like they have very little to show for their farm system or prospects they got back in trades. I mean, for instance, Zach Eflin's out for the rest of the year right now was gotten back because they decided to trade Jimmy Rollins. Someone like Nick Pavetta, who pitched here for a little bit, was never all that good, and then moved on to the Red Sox and had some more success there this season, was acquired for Jonathan Papelbon. I'm trying to think. It, they basically just held on to their guys too long, so that, that's really the pitfall you try to avoid. Ryan Howard was signed through the year 2016. We kind of saw the end of his career as he goes into the sunset, but he was never the same player after he had that Achilles injury in 2011 and it kind of got uglier and uglier more and more as time went on and they gave him that contract i mean back on a five-year 125 million dollar contract was like huge news they, they signed that deal in 2010 right utley they traded away they probably held on to too long like they were they let i think it was 14 15 is when these guys started to go cole hamels was a guy who was held on to for a while they traded him at the deadline in 2015 i believe it was so they that's really the biggest thing you want to try and avoid is maybe selling these guys a year too early if you're not really still contending as opposed to a year too late they thought they could still contend 2012 13 14 like the years following their five-year stretch and it just never 
that Achilles injury when Howard went down against the Cardinals in 2011 kind of just ended it all. And it's still hard to believe that that's the final at bat any Phillies player has had in the postseason. So that's really what it is. The Phillies don't have a hell of a lot to show for that era. Zach Eflin is really the first name that kind of comes to mind there. And it's not exactly you'd hope to have a lot more than that, given all the talent that existed on that team. I guess my my question, a lot of teams like to go into the full rebuild, the full teardown, and then rebuild from there and do all that. And I don't know if one World Series championship is going to make me believe them like, yeah, that was totally worth it. You know, not doing anything for five years, not really putting a good product on the field for five years. And then you get a couple more build up years. And then maybe in like year eight, you're like, yeah, okay, cool. We won a world series would that be worth it at this point or i don't your your championship is a little bit uh, more in recent memory than the a's last one so it might vary but would you consider that turmoil and heartache worth it if they got one world series out of this rebuild yeah but so i'll throw this back at you the a's are the winningest franchise in the history of philadelphia sports and they haven't yes. played here in like a century so that's <laughs> really the way to look at it when you live in a city that isn't when you're not the Yankees and you're not a Boston sports fan where you win championships every other year like most every other cities month. yeah every other <laughs> month right or in Tampa now apparently mm-hmm. or Los Angeles last year in the year 2020 most cities and most franchises like if it was truly a law of averages and every team won an equal amount starting now teams would win a World Series once every 30 years. I'm a strong believer that if it truly does build up to a championship, that that is worth it. I said for years, and you know, there's been some pushback lately uh, here in the region, but like the Eagles got worse after they won the Super Bowl, and now they have a new coach, new quarterback. It's a totally new-look team, although some of the guys from that team still exist. That... If you asked me to sign on the dotted line to trade 10 years of losing for one Super Bowl for a franchise that had never won the Super Bowl, I easily would have taken it. Likewise, with the Phillies, if you asked me to trade 10 years of losing for a World Series, I would take it. That's what the Sixers tried to ultimately do, and I think the execution of it was ultimately poor. And I think I once was talking to you about the similarities that I actually see between Moneyball and the Sixers process, which is that... Neither of them resulted in titles, but I think when they make a movie or a documentary years from now, it'll be the process that's talked about as, well, this is kind of what started the epidemic of tanking in the NBA. They created rules to try and alleviate some of that. The Suns were almost equally as bad. They had a trip to the NBA Finals. Obviously, the entire story has not been written yet, but as they say, when when Billy Bean is uh, is at Fenway Park and he's in the job interview, there's a line in the movie that goes, well, the first guy or the first team or the first pioneer, the first guy through the wall is always the one who gets bloody. And I think that's the case of the Sixers. That's the case of the A's. So it didn't result in that. But back to your actual question of is that long of a rebuild worth it for a championship? Like, absolutely, I think it is. And ultimately, try and build it up to a point where you can win for multiple years in a row. It's not just this one time build up and then you got to sell everybody off or something like that. But the best memories I have watching sports or following sports or growing up as a sports fan are the Phillies, the moment the Phillies recorded the final out to win the 2008 World Series, the parade that entire week, and likewise with the Eagles and the ball 
hits the ground that a Tom, that gets batted around by Tom Brady, and then the parade later that week. So I don't think you can put a price on a championship. I, I'm a huge boom or bust kind of guy. Like I would rather win once and be bad for a while than just be competitive. I think it's easy for ownership. I think it's easy for a lot of teams because from a fan's perspective, you don't want to think too far down the line in many cases. You just want to have something to be excited about and interested about. But I think after a while that gets old and, you know, just ask teams like the Nationals before they won the World Series, whether it was worth it to, whether it would be worth it to just stink for a while and then eventually win as opposed to just making the playoffs every year and having regular season success. I don't think you can put a price on a championship. Obviously, it ha- things have to be done correctly. But so if the question is, is it worth it? Absolutely, yes. I think that the difference for me, and it might be because the A's aren't going to be keeping players long-term, you know, like the Phillies or the Yankees or the Giants or who, whatever. Team yeah, you got to maximize on those guys before they become. And, and so it'd be like, okay, well, you get like a two-year window of like legitimate contention, and then you're going to just start the teardown again. And so that's why it's kind of rough. So like 2012 for us was a lot of fun because they weren't expected to do much. And then they came out of nowhere, won the division on the last day. And that team was just filled with magic. And uh, then that was also the first year of the wild, the second wild card. And so they got to start their ALDS on the road in Detroit. And it was muggy and gross and they should have won game one. But uh, because it was so cold, the ball didn't travel as far. And a ball that was hit to the wall would have been out in yeah, Oakland. That's, that's, that's October baseball. The Phillies lost game five in 2011, two balls yeah. by Abanez and Utley that go out on any summer night at Citizens Bank Park on a cold night in the Northeast. Don't it, travel it out. Rough. Yeah. So I think that the difference is if the A's go into, you know, the rebound, I, I want them to build up like the Rays or, you know, like one of those model franchises where they just have a pipeline coming at all times, but it makes, they would have to spend money for that to happen. And I don't know that that's going to happen just yet. Maybe when they get the new ballpark and all that stuff, uh, hopefully in Oakland, um, Hopefully that's the case, but I think that's the difference for me is if it's a one-off championship and then you just go back to tanking, no, I am not signed up for that. But if it's, there's going to be some pain and then you're going to be in the mix. You get one championship and then you're in the mix. I think I'd sign up for that. Um, I guess that's my take on it. Uh, Two quick questions before I let you go. Uh, How would you say the Phillies are doing with their rebuild? What are they missing? Are they closer are they kind of missing their window and then we don't know what's necessarily coming next yeah i mean this is a season look i just gave this whole spiel about how i'm championship or bust and (laughs) here i am rooting for a season that i don't think is going to end in the championship i think the best case scenario is they win the national league east and they get back into the playoffs for the first time in 10 years and you hope that's a building block into this team actually getting playoff experience it hasn't had in forever but in terms of how they rebuilt this thing, it's hard for me to see the exact window or the exact path to a championship contending team that they have right now. Um, I think that, look, they're going to get out of some con. Like, there are going to be certain moves they make this offseason and coming off seasons that hopefully strive towards that. But I think what you're ultimately seeing, and it's a tale as old as time here in Philadelphia, which is that you have to build a winner to truly rebuild. You have to have some assemblance of a farm system and the talent that the Phillies develop and then bring up to the major league level has just never really been there. And the only examples of it actually being there 
resulted in the best eras in franchise history. You know, go back to 1980, and then you think about the team they assembled from 2007 to 2011 that resulted in a World Series. And quite honestly, you could make the argument the worst team of between they won the division in 2007, got swept by the Rockies. So you hope that that's kind of where they are on the timeline this time around. They won in 2008, and then their win total, I don't know how many people know this outside of Philly, but I always think it's interesting. From 08 to 11, the Phillies' win total went steadily up, and their finish in the postseason went steadily down. Like in 09, their win total went up. They lost the World Series. It went up again in 2010. They lost the NLCS to the Giants. They had the best record in baseball with 102 in 2011. They lost in the Divisional Series. So it seemed like the amount of games they would win in the regular season was actually like an inverse of how they would finish. And again, you can make the argument that the worst of those four teams would actually went on to win the World Series. So baseball is weird in that standpoint, but you need homegrown talent. I mean, look, for the most part, even the Yankees now are, are developing talent. You can't just buy a team together. And for the most part, the Phillies have either traded for or signed or kind of thrown this team together because they fast forwarded on a rebuild a little bit. They wanted Bryce Harper. And I get it. The owner wants to put butts in the seats and wants people to care again. And they traded for JT Real Muto to try and maximize his prime as a catcher. And they go and get Andrew McCutcheon, who's aging and, you know, things like that. But for the most part, the homegrown talent on this team, for the longest time, the one example of it working was Nola, and he's having a down year. So when you look around this team, Reese Hoskins, homegrown guy, Segura was acquired, came up, you know, played in the majors for other teams, finally comes here. Didi Gregorius, Ronald Torres, Alec Bohm, homegrown guy, but he was drafted out of college. And now he's struggling this season. He's back down in the minor league. So Zach Wheeler, ace, not from the Phillies. I mean, the list goes on and on and on of players not from your farm system. So it's kind of hard to think right this second what long-term this looks like for the Phillies because I don't necessarily see the path to contending, like truly contending for a championship other than, well, they win the NL East this year and you hope that baseball is weird and they find a way to navigate their way through the postseason. But I don't see them getting on the level of like the Dodgers or the Giants or even where the Brewers are right now. Or if you want to go over to the American League, like the Tampa Bay Rays, the true perennial powerhouses who are in the playoffs and playing in big games and playing deep into October every every like every single year. It seems like there are a couple off seasons away or a couple of big moves away that work out from truly getting back to that level. So that, that's what I have to say on that is that their struggles to develop talent historically as an organization have presented themselves here yet again. And they're in win now mode. You try and maximize on this. And if this doesn't work, I guess you're stuck tearing it down again. But at that point, that's when Bryce Harper is going to want to get out of town. JT Romuto, if his contract isn't still, if it's still going, is want to get going to want to get out of town because those guys want to win. So as long as they're committed to winning and trying to win now, they'll keep those guys. But eventually, I don't know how many years down the road it is. They're going to have to hit the reset button. I mean, I wish you guys the best. Uh, I don't yeah. know why. I like the Phillies, and I have literally no. I've never been there. Maybe it's maybe it's the pennies. I it's don't know. The pinstripes. <laughs> A huge thank you to Dan Wilson for taking an hour out of his day to talk some baseball with me, and uh, it turned into two episodes. So another. Huge thank you to Dan Wilson on that one. Really got me out of there. I'm, I'm hugging Mickey Mouse as we speak. Where I'm having a great time. But, um, um, 
Anyways, where do you stand on the whole rebuild question? Is it, uh, are you more in my camp where if they do it correctly and they actually build up the, the systems around the team that that is the way to do it? Or would you be happy with just a championship and then more of the same recycling over and over and over? Where do you guys stand? Let me know at Locked on A's on Twitter and or Instagram. Uh, I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter and in the Spotify green room app. If you guys have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. And also don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. The link is in the show notes. It's also just at Locked on A's. On, on YouTube. So it's fairly easy to find, but that's all that we got for you guys today. Got another episode coming for you guys tomorrow with Ryland Styles previewing the A's and Royal series. We recorded it on Thursday. So, uh, I'm recording this part of the uh, the episodes on Saturday as we speak. I am not actually hugging Mickey Mouse as we speak. I, I was lying. I, I apologize. But um, so not much has changed as of Saturday. And I don't think that anybody's minds will be changed by what happens on Sunday. So it's going to everything is going to still be OK from that episode. I just listened to it. It's it's on point. The bullpen still stinks and uh, everything's terrible. So uh, hopefully you guys enjoy that one. Also, we talk about expansion, uh, whether or not the A's are going to stay. He had to ask that question because everybody does. And uh, we, I asked him a little bit about NBA expansion because he is also the host of Locked on Thunder. So it's a it's a well-rounded conversation. There's some A's baseball stuff. There's some series stuff. There's some football stuff. There's some basketball stuff. It's a fun conversation. I think you guys will enjoy it. And uh, I also described the background of my videos. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, follow us on the, the YouTube channel. And uh, then you'll have an idea what we're talking about. But that's all that we got for you guys today. So until next time, go out and celebrate good times, Oakland. And I will talk at you tomorrow.